Welcome to the Pursuit of Peace podcast. My name is Parul and I am obsessed with everything holistic health and spirituality. I am determined to uplevel my mind, body and spirit to create a life beyond my wildest dreams. I truly believe that we're all looking to create a sense of lasting inner peace through all our pursuits in life. Health, wealth, relationships, spirituality, business, jobs or a college degree. Whatever that might look like for you at the moment, the goal is same. To find that blissful state, that lasting joy and inner peace. And the intention behind this podcast is to share my quest for inner peace so that might kickstart your journey to discover the source of that true lasting joy and bliss that I feel can only be created from the inside out. Welcome to another episode of the Pursuit of Peace podcast. My name is Parul and I have a very special guest with me today. Her name is Sharzad Shukra and Sharzad is a global women's empowerment and relationship coach, helping women who are committed to evolution and growth to create the life of their dreams and build loving, harmonious and fulfilling relationships. Ever since she started her coaching journey in 2017, Sharzad has helped hundreds of her clients change their lives and have blissful relationships. Welcome to the podcast, Sharzad. I'm so excited and grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for taking out the time. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, Parul. I'm so glad to be here and have this wonderful conversation with you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to uh, dive right in because manifesting a deeply fulfilling romantic relationship is always a topmost priority for most of my clients and this is why I have you here as an expert but when I tell my clients that it is the relationship with yourself that is going to be the foundation of all else everything you attract in your life love money purpose the enthusiasm wanes off a little when it comes to doing the deeper inner work And I say this because this is where I was uh, a few years back and it has been a journey of my own. And it's not always been rainbows and unicorns. Mm. So what is your take on that? That building that deep, healthy relationship with yourself, is it important? Is it not? What is your view on it? I hear you. I I can really relate to your clients because that's that's how I began as well. It was, we know that deep in our heart, we want someone to, to love us, to understand us, to be with us. And we go through life having, you know, bringing in new partners and then we get the same results. We go through the same pain. We go, the, the faces may change, but the experiences remain the same. And we just want it to be over. And we are like, okay, is it, you know, who do I need to be with? What kind of a man do I want? What kind of a partner do I want? And we go outside of ourselves because that is something that we have seen everyone around us too, you know, we, especially now in, in this day and age, uh, people go through partners, it's accept, it's more accepting that for them to keep changing partners and looking for that fairy tale love. And it, I was the same. 
I went through the same thing. I had multiple within 13 years, ever since I started dating, I had about three really, really long-term relationships and one um, that was about eight months. And it really, really, it wasn't until the very last one that was the most painful one that I truly realized this, 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 this thing came. I don't know if I read it somewhere or if I heard it somewhere that you're the common denominator in all of these failed, so-called failed relationships. So is it possible that it is you that you are co-creating this experience for yourself? And it wasn't fun to be confronted like that, but it also was a little bit liberating at the same time, because if I was the co-creator of that reality for, for me up until I was um, in my late 20s, then I could be a co-creator of a completely different reality. And that's the, that's the tipping point, taking personal responsibility, but not going into um, complete self-loading and blaming and shaming oneself. And that's what I think um, we resist. We think that doing the work on ourselves means that all the blame is on us. All the fault is within us. This is what I've done to myself. And people don't like to be blamed. People want to, it is easier to be feel like a victim than it is to feel like a responsible person, an adult, right? So that was the part that, you know, we, we want to step into it a little bit more with grace and not with um, like this, this angry parent that this is all your fault. You did this to yourself. Shame on you. And that, that we want to really, really change the dynamic of that for us. So, yes, I completely believe in it that uh, we manifest everything and anything in our lives especially when it comes to patterns. I'm not talking about, you know, if something, um, God forbid, you know, really traumatic happened to someone as, at a young age, it's, it, that's a completely different story. But if you have a pattern of attracting unavailable men, if you have a pattern of attracting men who are, they come on really, really strongly and then they withdraw a couple of months later or cheaters or whatever that pattern is, then you, it is, it is really, really wise for us to know that this is, I am co-creating that there is something within me that is calling that forward and I can change that. And when I am able to change something, because that's the only person we can change in this world is ourselves. We can't change anyone else then the life really, really starts to radically change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And why do you feel that we have these patterns in the first place? Like, why do we attract the same kind of people? And especially in our love life, why do you feel we have those patterns? Oh, that's a good, good question. Well, it comes from our conditioning and... This is the part of the work that I am really, really passionate about that, which I call the inner child work, mm -hmm. is that whatever, whatever the model we saw as a child, what we saw our parents, people around us, our society to, to present to us what a relationship looks like, what love looks like, 
it will play a really, really significant part in our own journey and of our life lives. Modeling of seeing other people, that's one thing. And also the inner child also is what she experiences as love for herself or for himself. So for example, if a child was given inconsistent love, so the parent had, um, you know, they would, they would, one day they were having a good day and would give her a lot of attention. And then the next day that they were not in the greatest mood, then the attention would be somewhere else at work or the, on the other child. And that inconsistency, she gets to be programmed that love is inconsistent. Love is something that I, it's not going to come to me effortlessly, but then what do I need to do in order to get love and attention um, she starts to, over the years, develop these strategies completely unconsciously that, you know, if I act out, I get some sort of attention. If I'm a good girl, I'm going to get some sort of attention. If I get good grades, I get love. If I am, you know, I'm, if I talk too much, I will be punished. So it starts to to put these pieces of puzzles together that love for me comes if I do this, do this, do this. And so she starts showing up like that in all of her relationships, including in her romantic love. And if her expectation is that love is inconsistent, love is Love will be only conditional. If I'm like this, like that, if I talk this way, if I am achieved, I've achieved these things. If I talk to men in a certain way, if I look a certain way, that's when I'm going to start just receiving love and attention. Then right off the bat, she, first of all, her energetics are sending that out that vibration. And also her actions will show when she is in front of, somebody that is um, more like, like a man like on a date or she's going to start to, let's say, if she's been given love um, because of all the things that she has achieved, she's going to start talking about the things that she has achieved. If she has received love by being very agreeable, she's going to be agreeable to whatever he says, even if she doesn't believe in that. So these are the ways that we start to actually start creating pattern within ourselves and really showing up from how we received love when we were like a little chicken nugget baby girl. And that, that's how the patterns start to co-create. They start very early on from what we see in the society, in our parents, from our caretakers. And then we start to behave and believe and behave and be and be all of this is going to be reinforced because people will reinforce our beliefs. We will see things from that perspective. And then here we are. We, we develop these patterns with everyone around us, especially with um, partners, love partners. Mm -hmm. That is such a beautiful description. And yet I've noticed when I started this work um, and I didn't even know about inner child healing, I had no idea why I was the way I was and I remember there was this time and I suppose 2020 when I was sitting on my couch and I was crying and I'm like I don't know why I behave the way I do but this is how I am like I was addicted to work I was mm. addicted to people pleasing I was mm. addicted to being the good girl 
and it has done me so much damage and I'm only starting to reverse this now. So what do you have to say about the fact that a lot of people don't even have the awareness that this is the issue? Like I could have heard this and I, it wouldn't have clicked for me mm-hmm. had I not gone through that painful experience. And I see that in some of my clients, they understand this in a very theoretical way but they are not able to relate to it because these patterns are really subconscious. And when who we are has been our normal for over decades, it's really difficult to disidentify from that. If that makes sense. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It does. And the thing is with the, with the uproar of personal development, which is a really, really wonderful thing that has, you know, it's become accessible to us. And this podcast, for example, things that were inaccessible to our parents and to the past generation, it's wonderful and a great starting point. Mm -hmm. I personally, when I started, it was a lot about mind work, mindset, thinking positively, thinking, you know, you start the work, you know, even even the even the relationship work is like, I am worthy, I am deserving of love, I am deserving of being treated like a prize. And I believe it's brilliant to start. And then we go into relationships and we can even really, really change the experience of the, at least the, the, the initial experience of dating. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can, with those, you know, mindset work, at the beginning, it is really, really um, helpful and it's very hopeful. It makes us really hopeful. Mm-hmm. But then when we go into more intimate parts of a relationship, we get over the past few months And what happens is that we see that no amount of mantras and affirmations and mindset, oh, I shouldn't be thinking that, I shouldn't be believing that. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like head up, but in the body, it feels really, really overwhelming. It feels really scary. It feels very vulnerable. The vulnerability we hear over and over that, you know, vulnerability is what attracts a man to you. Vulnerability is what creates connection with, with another person. And yet, if you in your body don't feel safe, if you in a, in a, in a cellular, mm-hmm. like, you know, in your body, when you feel that someone is going to withdraw love from you and everything in you is going to ache and everything in you is going to be in pain, Mm -hmm. no amount of mantras and affirmation is actually going to change that because it is, you know, there's a, there's a really great book. It's called the body keeps the score. Um, I forgot the name of the, the writer, but if, if you look it up, it's, it's a brilliant book it's because no matter of your brain or what it remembers, your body is what is actually remembers everything. It remembers everything from, you know, they were doing studies from when, when a child was five days old and um, her mother left her for, for um, because she couldn't take care of her that 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 withdrawing of that letting go was completely remembered in her body so every time someone like lets her go or acts like she's letting her go she's going to feel that that trauma of being let go by her mother so these kind of things are are 
really, really programmed within the cellular cells of our bodies. And we have to get to this point, Pearl, that we understand this. It's, it's one thing to know from your head and then something to go through and it's like okay nothing is changing no matter how many affirmations or or positive thinking that I do within my body the anxiety rises up or my heart starts to close down when somebody says something to me a certain way or that rage starts to come up when as soon as someone says something that I don't like to hear, I think that, and that probably is somebody that has her boundaries crossed as a child, then that's what is going to really click for someone, okay, that there is more to it. Mind work, doing the mindset affirmations, changing limiting beliefs is a really, really great starting point. But unfortunately, most of us, in like you and me, we will have that on the couch, on the floor moment of sobbing, saying, what, what else do I need to do? And that is a beginning of a really, really beautiful journey of coming back to that little one inside of you, the little inner child inside of you that really needs that tender, loving, consistent, forgiving, and, and just the non-self-abandoning part of us that is going to truly, truly make a difference. And I'm not saying that it is something that we have to go through, Mm -hmm. but it has to, you you know, there's a saying that says your pain pushes you or your desire pulls you. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's been the truth for me. There are things that if I let my desire to pull me to, to my healing, that is great. Or when we get to the enough is enough. I can't do this anymore this way that the pain pushes you. So we we get to make a choice, um, but us human beings usually will will be more motivated, um, especially in the society when it comes to the matter of hearts that when we have had our enough is enough moment. But there, thankfully there are so many resources that someone that even if they're listening to this and right now, um, they are, they're going to remember this one day, even if the, the pain or the desire is not that much right now, they're going to remember that there's more to, if, if you're frustrated, that why is my affirmations not working? Why is my um, visualization is not working? Is because there is more and it is, it is possible. There's nothing wrong with you that that's not working for you, but there's just more work to be done. And it's going to be the beginning of a really, really, really beautiful journey of coming back to you yeah I think you've hit the nail on the head because there was a time when you know I would say all these affirmations and do all the tools that I knew of and when in that moment I was sobbing I was like but I don't feel worthy from the inside Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of uh, achievements which would say otherwise like if anybody who knows me and who's listening to this episode would perhaps be surprised. So it's vulnerable for me to admit it, but I feel it's important that I do, that no matter how much we pretend, or probably pretend is not the right word, but uh, how no matter how much we look like we're all put together, it is in those moments when we don't feel worthy, when we don't know what to do, that the truth really hits us, that there's something that we need to work on. So when I look at it now, I suppose it's a blessing that I did not go ahead and get into a relationship from that space. 
so i feel nothing is lost yet hmm but hmm. this but this made me go deeper into my own self and really i mean of course it's a never ending process but i'm glad i started there because all that mindset work i was like there's something wrong with me if that's not working <laughs> i hear you and i just wanted to make a comment because that that's what you said was really really great is that but i don't feel worthy and that was the same with my journey i had so many achievements i by that age that you know i was i was exactly 29 years old um when i had that my moment of just like on the bathroom for sobbing of yet another man uh, had left and that was i had my master degrees in civil engineering i uh, on the outside it looked like there was i had everything i had a really good job i had a great family i lived in a nice house and all of it did not matter because on the ins our worth does not come from our achievement of what we have how much money we make how much how great our body is it is that little girl on the inside that she needs to feel worthy of love no matter what that on its own it's a conditioning love if we say that if i achieve, if i have all these achievements then i should be worthy of love that is conditioning and that's what makes a person to always feel on the edge because when is enough when is having having enough achievement will make you worthy enough because just just remember like when a little baby is born they've achieved nothing mm-hmm. and they are the sort like the the what love looks like that that little baby like you look at a baby and and your heart bursts into joy of their innocence of their like cooing and they're just like giving a smile and your heart melts there is no achievement there there is nothing that they have done other than just completely being and that's what love is but we grow up and like okay so what are my grades what are what is my waist size what is what is my skin color my hair my degree of how many honor like those are the things that we think that that should be um stamp of now i am worthy of love but if we just go back and look really look at what love is you see that love is supposed to be completely unconditional and that's what puts us on the edge all the time that what else do i need to do in order to be worthy of love and that's not the right question to ask at all mhm mhm and this is so deep when we say that you know you are unconditionally loved and worthy this mm-hmm. is such a deep statement i didn't realize it initially but there was a time and i just remembered it while you were talking about it that we have such a warped idea of what love is that when it shows up in its healthy forms and we're not used to it we can push it away Mm-hmm. I had this happen to me many years ago. I had, and I've always had a lot of men chasing me. But whenever the healthy ones would show up, and there was this one particular guy who was like the most amazing person ever, sensitive, emotionally available, pursuing me, wanting to do things for me, and I remember I was scared for a lot of reasons. but i remember saying this to him i feel you deserve somebody better mm. 
and I can look back at it and not cringe now, but I cringed at it for a long, long time because mm. I did not know that somebody could do so much for me and just be there all the time. And that is what a healthy relationship or healthy love could look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you on that one. That's the story of so many of us. Yeah. Yeah, it is. When, when, we, when we have been conditioned to see that love is either inconsistent and we confuse feeling anxious for someone as excitement. This comes up a lot with my clients that when a man, when they have this pattern of always being on the edge, on the, on the, on the toes, is he going to call me? Is he going to message me? Oh, this guy is so incredibly this and that. And it's, they have this feeling of what they call the butterflies that it's not that it is like a, like a calm attraction, but it is more of like a challenge. And is this person is going to give me everything that I've ever wanted. And they're working towards that, that wanting to finally find someone that is a challenge that they will overcome and then they will get their love. And then when a man that what we call a securely attached man will, is going to show up, he's going to be consistent. He is going to be somebody that is going to, in a consistent basis, put in the effort and and that, that feels really, really not exciting because it's kind of predictable. He's being predictable. He's, he calls when he says he would. He shows up when he says he would. There is no, no feeling of anxiety there. So then they say, oh, there is no chemistry. There is no, this, is, this does not feel familiar to me because in the past, all the guys that I've been with, uh, they kept me at my toes. They were unpredictable. That felt exciting. That felt like that felt like love, and that is so warped. Mm-hmm. And we're used to it, especially anyone that has this feeling of um, what we call the anxious attachment style. That that they are, they feel that the anxiety is that they feel about someone is is what it's chemistry that means that they are the right person for them when a person that shows up that is emotionally stable and steady then they don't activate that anxiety within them and so they think that this is this is not the right person for them and they call it boring mm-hmm. and then that's that's the that's another whole different dynamic that inner child work will help because again as a child she or he only received attention based on certain conditioning and it was anxious there was anxiousness there is is mom going to be happy today is mom going to give me the attention is that going to be in a good mood what do I need to do so that's what we show up in a relationship what do I need to do to make him pay more attention to me do I lean back more to give him give me get more attention from him do I say this thing to get more attention from him so we're having something to do in order to get something from that person but when that thing comes effortlessly then it feels like oh I have to do nothing this is really boring I don't want that so we push that away like you did and then we say we you deserve someone better well who defines what's better what is better 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's the dilemma, my love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sharzat, what made you dive deeper into all of this? Because I know there are a lot of people out there teaching relationship stuff and of course I'm very happy that we have the opportunity today that you know we have access to so much information but sometimes I find that not everyone is able to go as deep as I've Mm -hmm. seen you do with your work. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that and thank you for asking that. Mm -hmm. The truth is that I am very very committed to my own evolution. And I, I'm very transparent, you know, when I started the work and in the initial work that I did, I uh, attracted my now husband within five months of doing the initial work of the mind, mindset work and all of that. And that was great. That, well, that It shows that, that all that stuff is the perfect starting point that you do not need to be healed and all rid of your childhood trauma or all of your anxiety or all of your avoidance all that that you avoid but the more the deeper we got into the relationship and the more I saw that that you know this kind of stuff it's not enough for me to really feel the connection that I want with my partner that I still feel there's there's uncontrollable anxiousness when some when I feel that he's pulling away he could just be in his own thoughts not even physically and I would feel the anxiousness coming up and when we would when I would see myself especially when uh we were within the first the first year not so much but the the second year and the third year of of the resentment was building up because I could see myself slipping into to really being careful of what I say really being careful what I do why do we do that because we want to avoid the other person leaving us we we start to really monitor and script and say the right thing and do the right thing and people please because at the end of the day we are afraid of being abandoned if I don't do as he wishes he's going to leave me for someone else or he's just going to think that I'm not good enough for him so he's going to leave me so I saw that you know, no amount of affirmations and mindset work and, and positive thinking was going to get me to that deeper level of the intimacy that I wanted. So then I started to seek again, to search again and go deeper. And then as you seek, you shall find. And I am blessed also, this was um, in 2017 when I started the work, you know, I also started with the initial stuff, but then I was saying that I'm blessed that my clients usually stick with me for years and years. Like one of my private clients that I had from month one, this is four years later, she's still doing private coaching with me to this day because of how much deeper we get to go, how much more as she is in a relationship right now, um, in a committed relationship, we see that more stuff comes up. Not that you need a coach for four years, but that's just a desire that she had. And as they grow, I grow because they're 
their demand and their the dynamics that they show up is is going to stretch me into even deepening my own work. So the reason I do it is number one is because that's what I needed in my relationship in order for it to be um, not just about what am I going to get from him? Is he going to buy me this and do this for me and plan romantic dates? But I wanted a relationship that that feels connected. I feel seen from my heart. We can have deep conversations or we could be in complete silence and still feel that deep connection with each other and also that I could manage my own fears and not be very dependent on, on his mood. I used to see that a lot that my my state would all depend on what my partner's state was. If he was in a good mood, I was in a good mood. If he was in a um, you know, he was having a light day, I would have, and he would come home. And if he was having, having a hard day, I would go into shutdown. I would go into, do I need to do something to fix him or go into that entitled state of, you know, if he's going to be in this mood then I'm going to be in this mood. So this, this was the, the key for me that I wanted more for myself and my clients wanted more for themselves. So we needed to do something deeper and more more importantly, and then that's what that's what brings me joy. I really feel fulfilled by being able to really help women to create an evolution over a lifetime, growth and evolution over a lifetime in their relationships and get over the elementary stuff that is great for the starting point, but that if you want a lifetime of a happiness, a legacy love, then there is more to it and that really fulfills me. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer, but to just give a full picture of why I do what I do, it was really important for me, for my own life, and to be the embodiment of it and be able to help women that desire that too. Oh, absolutely loved it. So no problem it was, if it was long. Um, so what did you do about it? Because you mentioned that, you know, if your husband's mood was good, then you would allow yourself to feel good. But if it wasn't, then you would shut down. So what's mm. the difference between being cautious and being what I call emotionally sovereign? Mm. What was mm. that like for you in a relationship? So I see that as having conditional power and not personal power. So conditional power is that every, if everything around me, everyone around me is doing as I wish, the way that I like it, then I'm going to be good. Mm-hmm. And if, if a person is saying the things that I want to hear, I'm going to be good. If the person is acting, feeling, behaving a certain way, then I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel okay, not even good. But if something goes outside of me that I don't like, if he and, and he, there's a difference between a person having their own feelings and a person that is crossing a boundary, right? Like if he came home and started yelling at me, that's a different story than if a person is just in a mood, if they just want to be silent, if they just want to go into their room and have a moment for themselves, they don't want to talk, they don't feel like going for a walk, that's different, right? So, but that. The storytelling would start in my head 
then that's what the the personal power is taken away. And that's that's a really key here, Pearl, that what do you make that mean? If a person in front of you is not being in a state that you want it to be, do you make that about yourself, mm-hmm. about your needs? Or can you actually witness that person as a whole person that you are not the, the, the his, their entire life they're not their entire focus and if they are feeling a certain way it could have nothing to do with you and that is very difficult for for a person with anxious attachment because they again that goes back to inner child work because a little girl a little boy is very much makes everything about themselves if I am you know if I if mom is in a bad mood because I was a bad girl, if mom is, you know, having a headache, I need to be quiet and I need to do my homework. And if we make things very, very all about ourselves, and then we show up in our relationships, in our adult relationships, doing, feeling the same way, doing the same things. And then we are really, we, we are always feeling responsible for other people's feelings. And we start to tell ourselves the story. If he's not doing this is because he doesn't care for me. If he wants to be a go in his room is because I'm not enough. You know, I don't bring him enough joy. That's why I'm not, you know, he doesn't feel lit up when he sees me. If he's not calling me um, three times a day and so and so's boyfriend calls three times a day is because I'm not important enough to him. And then we sell, tell ourselves these stories and then we shrink and shrink and shrink on the inside and we're just so dependent on seeing something, making it mean something, and then we, our states completely changes. So one of the works that I had to really do was to, like you said, the being emotionally sovereign and it was just really having this sense of self and bursting that delusion that not everything is about you, girl. Not everything that goes on in his mind, in his life, in his actions or inactions have anything to do with you. He is a whole different person with his own feelings, with his own trauma, with his own emotional stuff, and that you don't have to take that on and you don't have to be like this person that is like, he holds the emotional remote control. He gets to put it all the way up if he's up and then he gets to bring it all the way down if he's down. So a lot of that work was working on my personal power, really being mindful of the stories that my mind was going to to come up with and questioning it. Is this really true? Is this a thought or is this fact? Mm-hmm. And then when I separated the awareness, when I separated the story from the truth, then I would actually be within my own body, not up in his energy field, trying to figure things out or trying to punish him and by, by shutting down and becoming ice queen and closing down so that I would get a reaction out of him. And that, that energy separation then would allow him to actually feel safe because that's another thing when a person feels that everything is about you when when your man when your partner feels that I need to make sure that I am you know showing up 
just so she feels good within herself. My feelings don't matter. My mood doesn't matter. I need to be a certain way in order for her to be okay. Then it's an unsafe place for a man to be. It feels like I need to, and, and it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. And they go more into shutdown because they can't, no man can possibly, no person can possibly always be and say the things that you want to say. So they feel like a failure that they can't do it. So the failure makes them shut down more. And so we have, we see that, you know, things start to even get worse and worse and worse instead of, instead of getting better, even though you may have told them a million times that this is what you want and this is what you don't want. So it's, um, it's really working on your personal power, being mindful of what you make things mean and questioning it and really starting to liberate yourself from from what your mind says and to, to listening to your body and really being being watchful of what your body wants to do, what your energy wants to do and bringing yourself back to you and having an emotional boundary between the between two people in order to, to have a safe and harmonious relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like how you said, listen to your mind and to your body. And before I go forward, I want to say that if anybody who's listening feels very confused or overwhelmed, then it's okay. It's taken me a lot of time to understand emotional intelligence, emotional regulation, self-regulation and come to this point. And I'm sure it's taken you time as well, Sharzad. 100%. Um, yes. Yeah. But there is a part where I love the question that you put forward, which, which was, is this a thought or a fact? This changed my life. Mm. Questioning my mind. But what also changed my life was going into my body and not invalidating my emotions. So mm -hmm. feeling the feelings, not dismissing them, but not listening to the story that my mind is telling, not making assumptions. And I know part of your work is about communication. So how do you get that into the picture where another person is involved? So how do you not make assumptions? You feel your feelings, you regulate yourself, but also ask the other person what's going on yeah absolutely and that's a that's a really really great point that you know the questioning the mind asking if it's a thought or a fact meaning that fact is the truth this person is in a bad mood because i am not good enough for them is this a thought or is this fact it is 120 percent it's a thought it's not fact it could be he could have a million reasons for not being in maybe his boss just yelled at him maybe his mom just criticized him right so there could be hundreds of reasons that that's not happening mm -hmm. so we question that and then right there and then there's a gap because when we believe the thought that i'm not good enough then in the body we have sensations so there, there's a little opening when we question that and then but we can further investigate and go within the body and just say the word, what that part of me that feels not good enough right now, can I be really present with it? Mm -hmm. Can I just be with it? And if you want to go a little further more into the work is asking, what do you need right now from me? Asking yourself. So self-soothing, you know, just, just I'm here with you. I love you. I know you feel afraid. 
I know you feel like you're not, not enough, but I love you. I'm here for you. I've got you. And every person will feel soothed differently. So that's why my invitation for you is to, to see what kind of words, what kind of um, what kind of energy, warmth do you need in order to feel regulated? And then from that state, we can decide, is there a conversation that needs to be had or not? Sometimes we really, you know, I do believe that communication is the bridge between two people, but not all communication is verbal communication. Not all, not everything needs to be said in words. If a person is, if he is not, you know, he he's just has a frown on his face and you have done this work of self-regulating and remembering, and then you, you, whether or not you want to say something or you want to just give him a hug or you want to say, love, I'm here for you. I, I noticed that you're I'm not in the greatest mood right now. And if you want to talk, I'm right here. That that could be enough. And But a lot of times, especially when I know my husband for now, like he doesn't want to talk about everything. He doesn't need to talk about everything. But me just holding him for two seconds um, and, and giving him a random kiss, it does, it does make the burden for him to feel softer and that's that's a liberation for him that men don't need to talk about everything and everything like we women do mm-hmm. and just feeling like you your your woman is there for you that offering that I'm here for you I've heard it so many times from him and from other men that that is so enough for me that is exactly what I needed I don't need you to fix anything for me just knowing that I have somebody that is there is is absolutely enough. Now, if it comes to that, if he's done something that has hurt you, that you need to communicate, that's a whole different story. But again, I highly invite that we self-regulate before actually going into jumping into a conversation. And my favorite thing to say is that, you know, when something like that happens is that Right now, I feel a lot of things and my words will not come out the way that I want them to. So I need a little bit of time and space to really to process my feelings and I will come back and tell you what I need. And that is very being present within yourself and honoring the relationship. It's not I need time. I need space. I'm going to go over there. And not telling the person that I will come back and we'll talk about this and I will communicate to you what I need. Um, so we, I, I always say this, that the relationship is, is for, for you, for him, and for the relationship. There's three elements. And we want to be honoring of all three, especially first me, then you, and then the relationship. And, but I can't emphasize on on having communication and conversations after self-regulation. And if it's not possible in that moment, just saying that I feel triggered and I need a little bit of space, that is going to do a relationship a lot of a lot of good instead of having to talk things through right away and having to communicate perfectly because I know for a fact that I can't communicate the way I communicate if I am in a heightened state you know, and the emotions are high, the intelligence is low. So I need to go take care of my emotions before communicating. Mm-hmm. And 
that's that's the key there yeah and yet it is so difficult when you start practicing it <laughs> it is because we've we've not seen that have we when you know i i haven't seen it around me um in my family that it, it was either you you just let it out all of it out mm-hmm. because we are not taught that you are responsible for your emotions we have been brought up into the shame and blame and you did this and you did this and you caused me this and you don't care and you don't listen. Um, so how are we going to know? How are we going to know that if we've done something and we've seen something for our entire life, it's going to be it's going to be a learning curve for all of us to be like, oh, OK, so everything I feel right now is not the other person's responsibility is not all their fault. And I need to get a hold of it first and really make sense of it first. Or even if I don't make sense of it, feel it first and then communicate. Oh, okay. That pause is very, very difficult. That moment of, because we feel like I, if I say it now, then I'm going to feel better. Mm-hmm. If I, if I just, if I just let him have it, then I'm going to feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you, what you ultimately want at the end of the day is, a relationship that the two of you feel good in it. Not one person feels good by letting the other person have it and the other person just feeling guilty. That's not love. That's not connection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we don't want to feel our own feelings. So it's easier to dump it on others. And that's what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And that's what everybody or most people around us have done. Exactly. Yeah. So I know we can go on and on on this subject, Shahrazad. Uh, but for anybody who's listening and who's never done this work, where would you say should they start? Single, married, or in a long-term relationship? I would say that really do a research on emotional intelligence. Um, and if, if this is resonating. If it's resonating, inner child work and emotional intelligence are the the two subjects that are very intertwined. Like they're they're you know you can't have one without the other. Um, and I would say that there is a really really great book called Homecoming, um, and that is that's a wonderful starting point for inner child work. Um, that I highly recommend. Um, I will send you the link. So if you want to put it in your show notes for people to, to get a hold of it, mm-hmm. um, that's great. Being, I believe, you know, being in my world, you will hear a lot of it and reading my posts and um, listening to my lives and stuff that people will um, also, if that's something that they like to do, that would help as well. But just being really, really, um, pacing yourself this is deep work you know this this listening to this podcast could be overwhelming Mm -hmm. and at the same time it gets to make a lot of sense over time it makes it gets to really feel you get to feel the true empowerment over time this is not you're not supposed to get all of this this has I've been on this journey since 2013 so you know, it's don't, don't make yourself like you need to get all of it all at once, but just be intrigued and just be interested. And that is more than enough for a starting point. You don't have to wait until you are at your breaking point. 
although there's nothing wrong with that. But start reading, start being investigating in the into this work and just uh, look up, look up books, look up resources or be around me. I would be more than more than happy and welcoming of anyone who is interested in learning this work in a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for mentioning that, you know, this is not going to give overnight results. I think nothing does, especially no, if sure. you have patterns from years and years, you know, of conditioning. And, this and was- I, I do want to, so, sorry to interrupt you, Pearl, but I do want to emphasize again that I did, I had not done any inner child work. I had not done anything when I, when I started seeing my then date now husband so you do not need to be healed mm-hmm. you do not need to be rid of all of this stuff and be the most emotionally intelligent person in the world to have a successful relationship it is growth over a lifetime i am still working on it every single day mm-hmm. and it gets better and better and better so don't make this as something that you need to overcome yet another challenge in order for you to be in a relationship I did all of this work mm-hmm. while I had my partner right in front of me mm-hmm. so don't 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 talk yourself out of a relationship or that you're not ready because I see that a lot I'm not ready for a relationship so I need to go on three years of you know meditation healing before I can date again I don't believe in that for one second mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you? This has been so amazing for me and I'm sure this is going to be amazing for anybody who's going to listen. So where can people find you and dive deeper into your world and benefit from what you're doing? I'm so glad that, yes, I'm every, I'm on Instagram and on Facebook. Those are my favorite places to hang out. If you just look up Sharza Chakra, you can find them. Um, everywhere we're going through a rebrand so my brand right now is called fully adored um, but some changes are coming but if you are in my world if you get connected with me via instagram or in facebook then you will hear all the new upcoming um, rebranding and stuff so yeah just look me up sharza chakra or at fully adored and you will be able to find me everywhere amazing Thank you so much for making the time to do this. I had been looking forward to this conversation for so long because it's been like some of the work that I've done with you has been so life-changing for me. So I really wanted to share you with my world. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure, Parul, having you in my world as a blessing. And I really hope that um, this conversation brought some light and some hope, inspiration to your wonderful people. I hope so too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you've made it to the end of the podcast, it means the world to me. And if this has helped you in any way, I would love for you to share it with somebody who could use this knowledge to benefit them in their lives. And if you do like it, leave a review on iTunes so that more people who do need this stuff can find it. And before I leave, I'm very excited to announce that I'm opening up limited spots in my Manifestation Accelerator Academy. So if this resonates with you, if something within you calls out to you to make a massive change in your life so that you can manifest all your dreams and live a wildly fulfilling life, I would like to invite you 
to grab one of the spots, DM me the word manifest on Instagram. My handle is pursuit of peace underscore parallel and I will get back to you with the details.